Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's on a Friday, Friday, February 16, 2024. Hope it's going well for you. Looking forward to the weekend. We have, uh, I think, about 350, close to 400, attending the World Marriage Day Dinner, God willing, on Sunday at the San Marino Club. Really looking forward to that. And our keynote speakers will be... Dr. Tim Hogan and his wife, Karen. It's a a great, great event. And if you can't make it this year, well, put it on your calendar for next year. It's always going to be a lot of fun and very uplifting. And that's what we try to do here, too, on this radio program. For example, coming up at the bottom of the hour, the wonderful folks from the Detroit Magic Carpet Theater. Now, they do a wonderful job of presenting Scenes from the Bible and developments in the relationship of our Lord with various people in the Bible. And they are coming to my parish, St. Joan of Arc, on Monday the 19th. And they're going to be giving us a beautiful representation in their way that they do this so specially. And they're going to be actually presenting women in the Bible. So I'm so excited about this. Catherine Zardis, who's the founder and artistic director, will be joining me this morning. And it ties in directly with the book that we just put out by... Word Among Us, Kelly Walquist, the editor, she also has a big chapter in there about the woman at the well. And I wrote about Esther, and Dr. Mary Healy wrote about the woman of the alabaster jar, and that is Wisdom from Women in Scripture. And I do hope you check that book out. You can find it on my Facebook page and my book page at TeresaTomio.com, and also, of course, at uh, Word Among Us Press. Very easy to find. It's a beautiful book, and we've got an online study going on for Lent as well, and CatholicVineyard.com has the information. You can buy a package with a journal and a prayer card. Super, super cool. So we'll talk all about women in Scripture with Catherine's artists and the performance they're doing for us in the Archdiocese of Detroit on Monday night. And she joins us at the bottom of the hour about 8.35. Doug Keck with our Inside Word, taking a look at great programming coming up at the network. Doug, of course, is a president and chief operating officer of EWTN. Fact Check Friday, I want to talk a little bit about how those uh, in the secular world are beginning finally to recognize and admit that Houston, we have a big problem and we have to do something about it when it comes to the influence of media on kids. In particular, there's a major lawsuit, and now New York City is involved in this, against the social media giants, and we're going to talk about that in Fact Check Friday because, of course, Fact Check Friday is dealing with all facts or lack thereof in the media, and oftentimes people are getting very limited and twisted information from social media. So this affects us all, especially young people, in terms of leading to their depression and what they're seeing and what they're being influenced by. So we'll talk about that in Fact Check Friday. And we're also going to have an interesting story, and thanks to my friend John Hale for letting me know about this. Dr. Jeff Kleck is going to be joining us. He's a dean of academics at the Catholic Institute of Technology. Now, this is a new program that's being done in Rome and at a very unique location. And we'll tell you all about it when we speak with Dr. Jeff coming up at 39 minutes past the hour. So that is our show for a Friday. We have Catherine Zardis, Doug Keck, Fact Check Friday, and Dr. Jeff about the new Catholic Institute of Technology. So it should be really interesting. I always like to see what they're doing in terms of science and technology when it comes to the church because isn't it funny how people accuse the church of not being scientific and yet, you know, we were the ones actually because of God who <laughs> gave the world science, right? I mean, think about that. Who's the greatest scientist? Who invented everything? Uh, God. So it'll be really great to talk with Dr. Jeff and that comes up at 9.39 Eastern. Of course, you know me, anything having to do with Italy and Rome, I'm all over it. Speaking of which, don't forget, we have two trips coming up in the fall. I was just chatting online and on the phone with Kelly Walquist of Wine, Women in the New Evangelization. We have our Wine and Shrine coming up this year, and we are doing an all-Northern Italy tour all the time. So we are starting in Milano, and God willing, when we get off the plane, we're going to visit the city of Milan, the Duomo, the Galleria, and then it's off to Lake Como. And we are going to have a grand time in Lake Como, learning all about it, and just visiting some beautiful places and wine tasting. We're going to visit Bellagio. We're going to visit churches there in Como. And then we're also going to be moving on right after that to visit the home of Mother Francis Cabrini, St. Francis Cabrini. 
because she is from northern Italy in Lombardy, even though she is buried in the United States because of all of her incredible work that began there in the Archdiocese of New York many, many moons ago. And don't forget the movie about Cabrini is coming out on March 8th, and I've had the opportunity to screen it. It's unbelievable. It's really, really well done. So you need to put that on your calendar. It's coming out on International Women's Day on March 8th. And what a great example for women versus, unfortunately, the examples we're given out there now. But anyhow, speaking of our Wine and Shrine trip, so we're going to be visiting the sites dedicated to Mother Cabrini. And then after that, we're going over to beautiful Lake Garda. Now, if you've never been to Lake Garda, the, the, the Lake District in Italy it really is comprised mainly of three lakes. You have Maggiore, you have Como, and you have Garda. Now, there's a lot of other smaller lakes around there, but those are the three most famous ones. And Garda is not as well known, I don't think, as Como, but I think it's just as and even more beautiful in many ways. And we are going to be visiting this shrine in the mountains overlooking Lake Garda. And it's the shrine of Madonna del Corona. It's literally built into the mountain. It is so high up, and they have these huge Stations of the Cross outside. It is just off the charts, breathtakingly beautiful. So we'll have Mass there. We'll spend half a day there giving the ladies time to pray and just enjoy the beauty. And then after we spend some time along Lake Como, we are going to be actually in that area of Lake Garda. We're going to go down to the beautiful town of Sermione. And along Lake Como and along Lake Garda, there are many beautiful churches in addition to the shrine I just mentioned. So we'll be obviously having Mass in these beautiful places. But a big part of our, our effort in Wine and Shrine is to allow women the time to bond together, to learn more about the female saints, and also just to give themselves time off and to take in the beauty. And in our personal opinion, even though Kelly is Irish, uh, she loves Italy as much as she loves Ireland, we both agree that Italy is one of the most beautiful places where you can take in God's creativity and grandeur. And then after that, get this, we are going to wrap up our trip in Venezia, Venice. And we are staying on the Lido Island, which is right across from St. Mark's Square. And you can see St. Mark's and the Campanile and all the gondolas from where we're staying. Now, the reason we chose that location is because staying in Venice proper is crazy, super expensive. The hotels, they're very small if you want to stay around St. Mark's, and it's difficult to get larger groups there. But we wanted the ladies to be close enough so they can hop on the ferry and within 10 minutes be in St. Mark's Square, and then you can get away from the maddening crowd and have a really peaceful, lovely time of being along the Lido, which has a lot of great restaurants and shops as well, but is right on the water. And that gives you the opportunity to maybe go to Burano, uh, to see the lace-making lion or Murano for the glass-making, or just to go back maybe over to St. Mark's and maybe have a glass of Prosecco in St. Mark's Square or just go back in that amazing church of San Marco right there in Venice. So that's our, that's our trip. We're not going down to Rome. We're spending it in the north this time, doing something different. The other idea, too, was that Rome is so crowded right now, and also because of the Jubilee, there's a lot of construction. It's very difficult to take groups around because you have to move with the bus, obviously, when you have 40 to 50 people. But corporate travel would be happy to arrange a trip for you if you want to go down to Rome after your visit in Venice. So we are going to be in northern Italy, and this is coming up in October. The trip begins on October 7th, and I do hope you can join us, Wine and Shrine 2024 with Kelly Walquist and myself. And again, it's northern Italy. We're going to do the Lake District and then end up in Venezia, beautiful Venice. And I've got a couple of really fun things planned, unique things that people may not have heard of because of all the time that Deacon Dom and I spend in Italy in a special way to uh, Manja in Venice, which is unique to that region. And uh, we'll talk more about that as we get into the trip a little bit. But then right after that, about 10 days after that, Deacon Dom and I are doing our La Dolce Fide. So the women's trip will be in the north and we'll be in the South, Deacon Dom and I, we are starting off in the Amalfi Coast, and we are going at the end of October and through early November. And again, we try to navigate this for the crowds because people think of the Amalfi Coast, they think summertime, they think ocean breezes, they think the Isle of Capri. That's a fantasy. Why? Because Italy is so crowded and hot in the summer, and on the Amalfi Coast, it is like being stuck in traffic all day long. There's one way to go on Malfi Drive, one way down, one way up. And it's really a waste of money if you're going there in the hot weather and you're sitting in traffic or fighting the crowds consistently. When there's fewer crowds, the weather is still very pleasant at the end of October in Italy, across Italy actually. But down on the Amalfi Coast, it'll probably be in the low 70s, high 60s at night. 
maybe a little cooler depending you know, if you're right there on the water. But we're going to, yes, see the tomb of St. Andrew in Amalfi, the city of Amalfi. We are going to be based just outside of Sorrento. We'll be spending some time in gorgeous Sorrento, which is a beautiful city and a great base to explore that area, the Gulf of Naples. We are also going to be going all the way up to Ravello. Now, Ravello is uh, well-known, of course, out there in, in Italy land, but a lot of Americans bypass it when they're going to the Amalfi Coast because it's very high up and you have to travel up this incredibly stunning mountain. And it's, it really is off the beaten path, but Ravello is by far one of the favorite places we visit when we take our group to the Amalfi Coast. But wait, there's more, as a Ginsu Knife commercial says. After the Amalfi Coast, we are going to be going across, so it's Italy coast to coast, the Amalfi Coast and the Adriatic Coast. We are going to be going over to Puglia to learn more about St. Michael's Cave. We'll visit Gargano, which is the home of St. Michael's Cave. Then we are going to go to little bit, well, it's only about 15, 20 minutes away to the place, San Giovanni Rotondo, where Padre Pio served the poor of that part of the country. So we'll go to the hospital that he started. We will go to the church. We'll go see his tomb. It will be great. We'll be there for one night. And then to me, the favorite part of the trip is going even further south, which so many American tour groups do not do. They go see San Giovanni Rotondo. They go see St. Michael's Cave, which is awesome. But they don't venture further south into Puglia and the very, very southern tip of Basilicata, the other region there, and visit the sites. So we are going to stay in this cove town that is just magical. It looks like you're walking into a painting of the ocean. And it's called Pugliano Amare or Pugliano by the Sea. And we're very close to Bari for St. Nicholas, which we'll be visiting. We're going to Alberlo Bello for the famous Truly Homes. We're going to Matata, the Sassi one of the oldest civilizations in the world where the movie The Passion of the Christ was shot, and, of course, along the way, stopping in some amazing cathedrals and churches for mass and for sightseeing. It is going to be fabulous. So we have the wine trip coming up early October, starting on the 7th, and then we have the the um, La Dolce Fide trip with Deacon Dom and myself coming up at the end of the month, October 27th, I believe, through November. Is it through, through November 7th? So, south and north, coast to coast, northern Italy, take your pick. We've got the information on not only my Facebook page, but, of course, event section at TeresaTamio.com. All of these are co-sponsored by Ave Maria Radio and Corporate Travel, and, of course, Teresa Tamio Communications, and for the wine trip, CatholicVineyard.com. I really hope you can join us on one of those trips, or, heck, if you're retired and <laughs> you, like, you like to travel, join us for both. It's super important to get away and to enjoy time and to be with the Lord in these beautiful places. And we really make it very comfortable for you and so enjoyable. You'll meet new friends, lifelong friends, and they're just incredible trips, which is why Dominic and I love doing these and Kelly and I love doing these every year. So check it out, The Sweet Life of Faith, Living La Dolce Fide. We leave October 26th. And then for the Wine and Shrine in northern Italy, we leave on October 7th. Also, we're putting all this up on the um, Ave Maria travel page. And we'll have some flyers at the dinner this Sunday. We'll have all kinds of information. We have a table there, Ave Maria radio information, information on the various shows, but also information on the upcoming trips for the Sweet Life of Faith and, of course, wine. CatholicVineyard.com, Women in the New Evangelization wine and shrine all right i guess i better get to the weather andrew's freaking out because it's already quarter after eight and haven't even gotten to the news yet or the weather did you get stuck in that snow yesterday so when i was looking at the weather yesterday morning for michigan i was looking at the map and you could see like a dark uh you know color but it was above southeastern michigan it looked like it was hitting in the lansing area so i'm you know running errands yesterday after the show and hit this snowstorm that began about 10 or about 11:30, and it eventually melted. But it was crazy, and there were a lot of accidents. So hopefully, we won't have any of that today. Although they're saying, well, very, very slight chances of snow. A high of 32 and cloudy. Cold tomorrow. High of 27, but very nice, partly sunny. And then uh, the rest of the time, we're looking at the calendar in the next week. It looks really good. We have 41 degrees and sunny for Sunday. That's wonderful. 41 and sunny for Monday. All the way up to 52 on Tuesday with sunshine. And then cloudy on Wednesday, but still very warm for the end of February. 55 and cloudy the 22nd, 45 and cloudy. And then more normal temperatures toward the end of the month. We've got 36 degrees uh, looking at next Friday, a week from today. Sunshine on 
Friday the 23rd, and a high of 36. So that's some Michigan weather. Let's look at the national weather. We have a fast-moving storm producing accumulating snow from upstate New York into portions of New England today. Widespread lake effect snow showers will be expected downwind to the Great Lakes through tomorrow. Accumulating snow is also expected from the central plains to the mid-Atlantic. The west will remain active into early next week with several rounds of rain and mountain snow. It is 8.15. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio. And EWTN, do hope your day is going well so far as we move through Lent. A lot of news to get to, so let's start now at, again, 8.15 on a Friday morning. Well, victims of the Kansas City Super Bowl victory rally shooting were remembered last night, as Michael Kastner tells us in a candlelight vigil. Wednesday's mass shooting left one woman dead and almost two dozen others injured, including many children. Community and faith leaders joined the friends and families of those impacted to show their support. Authorities say they believe the tragedy stemmed from a personal dispute and was not a deliberate attack on the celebratory event. Meanwhile, the lone fatality so far, according to local news reports, as Catholic News Agency explains, was Lisa Lopez Galvin, a local radio DJ and a Catholic. She was a parishioner at Sacred Heart Guadalupe Parish in Kansas City. Police in a news conference yesterday saying initial investigations pointed to a dispute, as you heard, between what ended the gunfire with no apparent links to terrorism, and they identified the single deceased victim as Elizabeth Galvin, who was 43 years old. And the police chief in Kansas City says the Super Bowl shooting started once again, as we just mentioned, as a dispute between several people. We have subjects detained, two of which are juveniles. And it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. One person was killed again as a gunfire broke out among a crowd of thousands yesterday. The police chief adding half of the 22 victims who were wounded are under the age of 16. And again, the woman who passed away, a Catholic, was a popular local disc jockey who was also the mother of two and was killed as a gunfire broke out among the crowd of thousands. Archbishop Joseph Nauman of Kansas City in Kansas, which encompasses a suburb where she lived, said in a statement to Catholic News Agency that his prayers and deepest condolences go out to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvin. He said, we are surrounding her family with our love and support. She was a beloved member of our faith community, he said. And just days after the deadly shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration, Florida Senator Rick Scott is reflecting on his actions as governor in the days after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School massacre in Parkland. He says he brought together mental health counselors, teachers, and law enforcement and helped pass legislation to invest in mental health and risk assessment, school hardening, and putting cops in every school. I think we've done more than any state in the country. As I travel the country, I'm always shocked when I see a school with no fencing up and no law enforcement. He believes after every mass shooting, we need to look critically into what can be done to prevent it from happening again, but he stressed he won't infringe on Second Amendment rights. The theme for the fourth World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly, which will be celebrated this summer on July 28th, has now been chosen by the Pope. According to the Holy See Press Office and Catholic News Agency, the theme this year is Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age, which comes from Psalm 71. The press release that came out yesterday noting that in choosing the verse, it was a Holy Father's desire to call attention to the fact that sadly loneliness is the bitter lot in life of many elderly persons, so often the victims of the throwaway culture. The Pope will be visiting Venice in April. During one of his, his one-day pastoral trip to the Italian city on April 29th, he will make a stop at an art exhibition. Holy Father says a Pope, or the Vatican says a Pope, will spend time at the pavilion called With My Eyes at the exhibition. Francis will also spend time with members of the local church community in Venice. A state legislative committee hearing discussion on a bill that would allow Nebraska teachers to practice their religion on the job. Legislative Bill 1034, introduced by Nebraska Senator Lauren Lippincott. If passed, educators would be allowed to pray at school, distribute religious materials with coworkers, and sponsor religious student clubs. Opponents of the bill say it's too broad and could allow school employees to impose their religion. Lippincott says many religious rights are extended to students, so teachers should get the same. Michael Kastner tells us Russian opposition leader Alexei Nelvani has died. Reports today from Russian media say the staunch critic of President Vladimir Putin died while behind bars at the age of 47. Navalny led protests against the Kremlin for more than a decade, even daring to run against Putin. Back in 2020, he fell ill from a military nerve agent, poisoned, he said, on the direct orders of Vladimir Putin. 
He was sentenced last August to a maximum security penal colony on charges of extremism. The Interfax News Agency says Navalny passed away after going on a short walk with efforts to revive him unsuccessful. Egypt appears to be setting up a refugee shelter near the Gaza border in case Israel invades the southern city of Rafah. Egypt has denied preparing for refugees in the Sinai Peninsula, but sources tell Reuters News Service that an area is being prepped near Gaza that would have basic facilities to accommodate Palestinians in case an Israeli offensive drives them over the border seeking sanctuary. Israel has said it was planning to take out the last bastion of Hamas militants hiding in Rafah, where over a million Palestinians have evacuated to in an attempt to escape bombing in other parts of the Gaza Strip. Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday asking the Florida Department of Education to take action against people who are politicizing, he says, a parental objection process to weed out inappropriate books. It's trying to obscure the reason why parents have been concerned, and they're basically trying to just confuse the issue to act like classic works are somehow not welcome. Nothing could be further from the truth. The governor adding the classics such as To Kill a Mockingbird, Romeo and Juliet, Charlotte's Web, The Diary of Anne Frank are not banned. He says individual school districts, meanwhile, are responsible for upholding state education standards and policing inappropriate material, including pornographic material, which some say has already been introduced at lower grade levels. Several suspects believed to be migrants in the Times Square attack, as Scott Pringle tells us on police officers, are expected to be arraigned today. The five suspects due in court are part of a larger group accused of attacking two police officers. This was outside a migrant shelter in Times Square in January. Federal immigration officials tell the New York Post that two of the suspects are Venezuelan street gang members. So far, eight people have been charged with the January 27th attack that was captured on video. More suspects are being sought. Authorities have found a semi-submersible vessel filled with over four tons of cocaine during a search and rescue mission off the Pacific coast of Colombia. Officers say they were looking for missing fishermen when the 50-foot-long vessel was detected earlier this week. The Colombian Navy and Air Force, as well as the Ecuadorian Navy, intercepted the so-called narco sub during a joint operation. Officials say four people on the sub were then arrested, and 205 packages of different sizes and shapes ended up testing positive for cocaine. Authorities are reportedly still looking for the fishermen. Natalie Milioli tells us federal investigators are continuing their probe into New York City's building inspections. The homes of two FDNY chiefs were searched as part of the investigation into whether members of the fire department were accepting payment to expedite mandatory inspections. Chiefs Brian Cordasco and Anthony Sacavino oversee safety inspections and have not been accused of any wrongdoing, but they have been placed on modified duty due to the ongoing case. Besides searching the homes in Staten Island and Brooklyn, investigators also executed a search warrant at the fire department headquarters. The raids do not seem to be connected to the federal investigation into Mayor Adams' campaign funds, which started developing around the same time. A white woman who was accused of misidentifying as a black a decade ago, as Matt Madison tells us, has lost her teaching job now in Arizona. Rachel Dolezal, as she was known before legally changing her name, was let go from her job at a Tucson area elementary school after the school district discovered she was posting adult content to her OnlyFans account. The now 46-year-old made headlines back in 2015 for pretending to be black while acting as a civil rights leader and African studies professor in Washington State, where she headed up a local chapter of the NAACP. Oklahoma Congressman Frank Lucas is issuing a warning about research theft. He's chair of the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee, and during a hearing yesterday he said Congress must do more to protect American research. Research theft is one of the single greatest threats to our competitiveness as a nation. It takes our hard-won innovation and puts it to work for our adversaries. Lucas says China has been explicit about stealing American research to further its own technological process, adding American scientists are having trouble implementing their own research guidelines because there are no government-wide standards in place. And Katie Gray tells us healthcare professionals are worried as they're seeing a rise in cancer cases in younger people. 
Over the last three decades, cancer researchers have been keeping a closer eye on the alarming trend of the increasing rate of cancer diagnoses in people under the age of 50. Hartford Healthcare Cancer Institute reports show that in 2019, new cancer diagnoses were up 79% and cancer deaths were also up 28%. Early onset breast and colon cancer are among the most common of these early onset cancers, yet many other types are also rising worldwide. Scientists suspect that the rise is likely linked to lifestyle and environmental factors. A watchdog report says the Federal Bureau of Prisons failed to stop nearly 200 deaths by suicide. The Department of Justice Inspector General report attributing it to a combination of recurring policy violations and what they say were operational failures. It's based on a review of 344 inmate deaths from 2014 to 2021, 187 of which were suicides. The report said under the conditions at the Bureau of Prisons, inmates are able to advance their suicidal ideations and ultimately died by suicide. It also noted that some facilities did not run mock suicide drills. They are required to run three times a year. And finally, in our new segment at 825 on a Friday morning, right now we have partly cloudy skies and 24 degrees in southeastern Michigan. Lisa Taylor tells us the FDA has now recalled nearly 60 products containing contaminated dairy. A national outbreak of listeria has been linked to cheese, yogurt, and sour cream made by Rizzo Lopez Foods and sold under over a dozen brand names. The recall has also been extended to salad kits, taco kits, and other products sold nationwide, including at Walmart, Costco, Whole Foods, and Trader Joe's. Those products either contain cheese made by Rizzo Lopez Foods or were processed on the same line. The outbreak is linked to two deaths and 23 hospitalizations. And it is a Friday morning, February 16th. Great to be with you every day here at Ave Maria Radio right now. 24 degrees and cloudy in southeastern Michigan. And if you're traveling at all this weekend or made some plans today, a little bit chilly going up only to 32 degrees and cloudy skies. Tomorrow we'll have sunshine, at least partly sunny skies and cooler, a high of 27. Then it gets warmer for several days. On Sunday the 18th, 41 degrees and sunny. More of the same on Monday. Full sunshine No clouds in sight on the little weather map here. 41 degrees all the way up to 52 on Tuesday the 20th and sunshine. More clouds on Wednesday but even warmer in the mid-50s. And then moving into the weekend, 45 on Thursday and then 36 degrees on Friday. So, you know, no major weather in the forecast. Of course, that's what they said yesterday. We were expected to get a little bit of snow, but we had a big squall come in in the middle of the day, but then it cleared up right after that. On the national scene, weather-wise, we have a fast-moving storm that will produce accumulating snow from upstate New York into portions of New England. Widespread lake effect snow showers will be expected downwind of the Great Lakes through Saturday. Accumulating snow also expected from the central plains to the mid-Atlantic and the west, remaining active into early next week with several rounds of rain and mountain snow. So just some things to keep in mind for the weekend as we take a look at the weather. Coming up after the break, since we don't have time for two cents, we'll get back to that on Monday. We are going to chat with Catherine Zardis, founder and artistic director of Magic Carpet Theater. They do such a wonderful job of bringing the Bible to life, and they'll be doing that, I'm so excited, at my parish, St. Joan of Arc, on Monday, well, they'll be featuring women from the Bible. It'll be very exciting. Doug Keck joins us every Friday at 9.15 Eastern Time. He's the President and Chief Operating Officer of EW10. We take a look at what's coming up and all the different great programming tied into the time of year. Fact Check Friday, we're going to take a look at how those who are often promoting the media are now realizing, Houston, we have a problem and are suing large media companies. So keeping our facts checked, We'll show you how eyes are opening and maybe people will start to listen in terms of the impact of the media. We're seeing lawsuits all over the place. And then wrapping up with a very interesting story out of the Eternal City. We're going to be joined by the Dean of Academics at Catholic Institute of Technology. Really cool story, and we will fill you in. They're based at the stunning and beautiful and just very mysterious Castel Gandolfo area, which is south of Rome. If you've never been to Castle Gandolfo, it's just breathtaking. It's really very close to and over, overlooks actually, Lake Albano, which is a volcanic lake, and it's just super cool. Uh, Anyway, I'll tell you more about that um, when we have Dr. Jeff on a little bit later. Right now, 8.30, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk with the wonderful folks again from Magic Carpet Theater. Stay tuned. 
Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Estate planning gives our loved ones peace and time to mourn. At MyCatholicWill.com, a legal will is as simple as 15 minutes filling out information about your family. The standard cost is $79.95. However, thanks to our partnership with MyCatholicWill.com, when you use the promo code AVE, A-V-E, your will is absolutely free. No hidden cost whatsoever. Visit MyCatholicWill.com. At Glass Doctor, our trained specialists are experts at fixing foggy and cracked glass, leaving any residential window looking like new without replacing the entire window. Bring back the view of any window with Glass Doctor. Visit GlassDoctor.com to request a free estimate on repairing your foggy or cracked windows. Let Glass Doctor bring back your view. Call the Glass Doctor, we'll fix your pain. Oh, yeah. Light of the East. Weekend on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, behold, the church is covered with a heavenly garment by the icons, thus preserving the true faith. May those who do not believe this be covered with shame. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. If you only see the difficulty in parenting, you will never see the treasure. Catholic Charities of Southeast Michigan are devoted to helping moms see the treasure at every stage of life. Project Hope provides material assistance and guidance. Adoption, foster care, and counseling services are also joyfully offered. Our Walking with Moms in Need initiative provides help and hope at every turn. To get involved or make a financial contribution, visit ccscm.org slash mom. That's ccscm.org. Mom. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore, and I know too much to go back and pretend, cause I've heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor, no one's ever gonna keep me realize the reason why women are all those things is because our greatest woman's liberal that ever walked the earth that ever existed was our lord and savior jesus christ and nobody knows that better than our guest Catherine zardis is going to be presenting at my parish on monday night the 19th at his feet and Catherine is a michigander right here from our area and founder and artistic director of magic carpet theater okay girlfriend i had to play that song because the world has such a misguided view of where women all of us actually where women get our strength from and they also have a misunderstanding about our beautiful faith and what the bible teaches about women who recognize their dignity coming from christ good morning good morning that is so great i love that you played that thank you uh you know we're not a our show is is really women in scripture right but it's all sometimes people wonder how can you do these scenes without a jesus in there well he is in there what we're doing is it's right after their encounter with him right right these scenes are right and it's all he is in the scenes with us because they've just encountered him and uh that's what's exciting about it and um we are women performing it and our audience is often women, but we found out that men love the show, too. So it's really for all adults, and uh, we're thrilled to be able to come to St. Joan of Arc. Coming to the east side, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You've been to our parish before, though, right? I think we've been there with the Parable Project, but yes. honestly, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. So we're mm-hmm. really excited that you're coming back. And Monsignor Bagheran, uh, last weekend, and, and his e-blast, he's so, he's so wonderful with technology, and he put so many e-blasts out. And it's on the homepage of our website, by the way, if you want to check it out, at stjoanchurch.net, uh, or just look up St. Joan of Arc and St. Clair Shores. So give us the housekeeping details, Catherine, in terms of the time and everything, so people know to put it on their calendar. Well, it's going to be right in the church at 7 p.m., and uh, there's no fee, so you just can come and come at 7 p.m. at St. Joan of Arc and 
of course, you can look that up. It's on in Sterling Heights. No, it's actually in St. Clair Shores. Oh, so I don't go, Clair don't Clair go to Sterling Heights. Heights. <laughs> Well, Christine so Haas, our, our evangelization director, will be like, where is she? She's in Sterling Heights. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I know what it's like when you travel a lot. I, I feel your pain. But, no, we are at the very at the very southern border of St. Clair Shores. We bought up right against Gross Point Woods. So uh, it's super easy. If you're from the west side, you could take uh, 96 to 94, get off at 8 Mile, make a, let's see, make a right, hit Mac, make a left, bada boom, bada big. But, no, don't go to Sterling Heights, Catherine. We'll be waiting. <laughs> Great, great. All right, so St. Clair Shores, and of course, St. Joan of Arc is on Greater Mac and St. Clair Shores. Okay, so it's going to be at his feet. Explain how long you've been doing this particular production and what we can expect. The show began for a women's conference in Detroit. Probably in 2011, I wrote a couple of scenes for the women's conference, and then we produced it and made it a full show in 2015. What people can expect is an hour production that is really a retreat, sort of a mini retreat. You see a scene from scripture, and then you have time for silent reflection and prayer, and sometimes group prayer. You hear our beautiful vocalist sing, and then you see another scene. And so this repeats three times. We have the woman at the well, Martha and Mary, and the woman with the hemorrhage. Mm. And it's a powerful show, and it's a reflective show. And it's really meant to help people relate to these women who ask the same kind of questions that we ask, suffer the same kind of things we suffer, struggle with. And um, it's to help you relate to Scripture and as they encounter Christ, hopefully the audience also encounters Christ because live theater is a powerful way to mm-hmm. draw people in to Scripture. So how did you, and how do you, I should say, but how did you come up, and you said you performed this at the Women's Conference years ago, but in terms of your inspiration, obviously coming from Scripture, but when you sit down and you, and you think about, okay, what do I want to our team to present to people to get them closer to Christ in the church, how do you come, ab- come about developing these different presentations? It's a very unique process. It's hard to put it into words, but I will say I feel the Holy Spirit is guiding because writing it, I, of course, we, Scripture is throughout all of the, the stories right. in, and woven into the scenes, but also things drawn from my own life and then articulated in the scenes, and it's, it's, um, it's hard to put it into words, but, for example, Martha and Mary, so many of us struggle with when do we sit still and when do we serve, you know, and this is mm-hmm. really the, the struggle that's happening in the scene. The two sisters are cleaning up after dinner. Jesus has just left, and one of them has kind of been scolded, and the other one has felt like she's been left to do everything. So it's a very, it's a very uh, common thing for, I think, all of us to feel if you've had a dinner party and you're cleaning up and you think rethinking how the night went and so um but in the scene eventually mary explains why she had to sit still uh and why she had to be still and i even think of this one line that she says i could feel his breath on my forehead mm. this was a line a little girl said to me when i took her to adoration uh, oh my I, it was a little girl that used to come to my house after school, uh, and uh, one day she, she, you know, she was she didn't go to church. Her mother didn't, you know, wasn't practice wasn't a Catholic or anything. But one time she, I just, I, I was going to adoration. I took her with me, and she said, "Oh, I could feel his breath on my forehead." Oh. I mean, it's, it was such a beautiful line that she had this encounter with Christ, and so. There are a lot of those kind of things woven in the script that nobody would ever really know. The woman right. with the, you know, the woman at the well, when she says he looked right into me, I had that experience. I was, you know, not a very formed Catholic or practicing. I mean, I, I was practicing, but I wasn't. I wasn't engaged. You know, right, right. I went on a retreat once. I'm telling you, Teresa. 
there was this piece of artwork of Jesus. I walked into the retreat center, and I felt like Jesus just looked right into me. Mm. And I felt like, oh, crap. <laughs> he sees everything. Right. And it was such a profound uh, encounter with Jesus through artwork. I just felt loved anyway, even though he saw me clearly mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. my faults. And this is also in The Woman at the Well. She has an encounter with him. He helps her see her sinfulness. He helps her see herself clearly. And so she repents, and it's through this repentance and this forgiveness that she's, you know, rejuvenated and wants to tell everybody about Jesus. So it's... For, for me, it's a fascinating thing how the Holy Spirit works through times in my life when I wasn't even, you know, a strong believer. And then <laughs> putting my own life, encountering Scripture, and then trying to weave it together with other people, how they may be feeling the same way. You know, the woman with the hemorrhage, everybody suffers, everybody has disappointments, everybody... and. You know, she asks a question, where are you? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we, if you have any struggle in your life, you're going through something, we ask those questions when we feel abandoned by God. Right. Where, yeah. where are you? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a combination of um, reading the scripture and trying to recognize places in my own life that relate to it, and then putting it together. It's very hard to, like I said, pinpoint how it happens, and that's part of the awe of it for me as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Talking with Catherine Zardis, um, she's going to be presenting At His Feet from her Magic Carpet Theater. She's a founder and artistic director. It will be presented Monday night at St. Joan of Arc in St. Clair Shores on Greater Mac Avenue. 7 o'clock is the time in the church. No charge. Hope to see you there. It's going to be beautiful. So, Catherine, let's go back to the beginning of the Magic Carpet Theater. We talked about the beginning of At His Feet, the particular production you're doing on Monday night at St. Joan, but how did this all begin with you doing this? Because you've been very active in this for a while now. Magic Carpet Theater started at the Grand Hotel when a friend of mine asked me to put a show together for the Michigan Reading Association Conference. Mm-hmm. I had a week. I put together, she knew I loved children's literature. I put together a, a show of great literature, and so many teachers loved it. They wanted it to come to their school. And so that's how the career began. With That was over 30 years ago. So we promoted literacy, and we still do promote literacy. And, um, and then back, you know, I had a conversion, and back in uh, 2008, we added the drama ministry. And that was after years of prompting by the Holy Spirit to do scripture, to perform, uh, you know, something, perform scripture. And so um, we added that in 2008 when the Lord put actors in my life who really wanted to share their talents for the Lord and... It started with the Parable Project, which uh, we is probably our most um, prominent show because it's for all ages. We do a lot of schools and sh- and churches, and so it began with the Parable Project, and now we have three shows: two Parable Project shows and one At His Feet show, and we are in the process of producing another At His Feet show. So Ooh, that and what will that be? Can you can you uh, inquiring minds want to know? Can you give us a little insider <laughs> scoop on that one? Well, yes, we we did the Wedding Feast of Cana for the Shrine Mm. of Jesus, Divine Mercy, for their big event a year ago. And then uh, these promptings, we only take one step at a time. And so the next prompting was to write the visitation, which (sighs) I've done. And... But I, you know, we don't really have a young Mary in our cast, and so, you know, I'm not sure like what's next. But I think that's what's next because then we were performing the Parable Project at a school in Cadillac, and a young teacher came up to me. She says, "I just got my master's in theater. I love this," and she looks very young. So I feel like the Lord's already casting it. I said, wow. "Well, you know, we we're looking for a young Mary." So. I'm hoping and praying that that will be what's what's next for us. But honestly, we have to 
we have to perform at his feet more in order to build the clientele to invite us back for the the second at his feet, which Mm -hmm. will be the wedding feast of Cana for sure and the visitation, and I don't know what else. The Lord is still moving my heart in, in a couple of different ways, and I just have to take it one step at a time. How often are you out there? I know you just got back from Alaska, which was amazing, I'm sure. But how often do do you travel with uh, Magic Carpet Theater? How often do you perform? I would say we do anywhere between 60 and 80 shows a year. Wow. And so, yeah, we're we're quite busy at certain times of the year. We're always busy in Advent and Lent. Uh, Lent also coincides with reading month, so a lot of our literacy programs, you know, are wanted in in uh, March, and then the summer we have it. It's it's very quiet in the summer. We do some libraries and maybe a few things, but uh, it's it's always very intense or a little bit relaxed. <laughs> now, when you first started this and going back to your literacy programs and whatnot, you didn't expect to be doing a, a good chunk of of really catechizing and inspiring people from a faith basis, did you? Not at all, no. The the literature we chose has beautiful themes about greed and prejudice and caring and love and sacrifice, so beautiful. But I had no, I had no idea this is where the Lord was going to take us. And I, like I said, I was, uh, you know, just nominal, nominally Catholic and uh, and weak in my faith, and and uh, I just hadn't really had those encounters that are, you know, that that change you. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it was a surprise for me the way my life has gone, and a wonderful surprise because when you do the work that God has called you to do. Yeah, I just talked about this yesterday, but go ahead. Go ahead. This is, this is why I'm asking you this question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it, it, there's nothing more satisfying right. than, than right. doing what the Lord has called you to do. And yep. he's given you the ability to do it. And when you can use your gifts for his glory, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed. And yeah. we all are. We're, we're blessed. Well, it's it's so important. I was saying this yesterday because of the reading where Jesus says, "Take up your cross and follow me." Whoever you know saves his life for himself will lose it, and gives his life for my sake will will find it. And it's hard for us when we're in the world, and it's not that success and money are bad. It's a love of money that's the root of all evil. But we get caught up, and we think, well, if I give everything over to God, then I'm going to be living a boring and miserable life. And yet it's it's just the opposite, because he wants mm-hmm. to use those talents in such big ways. But I can see in your story how, how Jesus was weaving this, because you were out there already, so you had the respect among the community to make these presentations, and you're doing really good things that obviously are tying in with our faith, caring about people, literacy. I mean, you're mm-hmm. doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy in your secular presentations already, and now you're doing this from a more scriptural and Catholic perspective, but you already had that reputation of being out there as a performer and a trusted person who could bring good programs, so now the Lord just added the most important element to really use you in a different way, in a bigger way. Isn't that crazy? Praise God. <laughs> Praise God, yep. It is. It's amazing, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, because you never expected. You were perfectly happy doing what you were doing, and you're obviously doing doing good at that time. But God said, "Okay, that's good. Yeah, you could do that." But I got something else under my sleeve for oh, you, there, sister. Oh my gosh! Right? Yes, yes, yes. He's he's, he's full of surprises. <laughs> He is. All right, so Monday night you'll be at St. Joan of Arc doing At His Feet, 7 o'clock, and St. Joan of Arc is in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. And trust me, Catherine won't be going to Sterling Heights. If she does, we know where to find her. We'll go get her. <laughs> and I- we'll be calling the Sterling Heights police. Where is she? <laughs> Get over here. Anyway, we're just giving you a hard time. Okay, so it's Monday night, 7 o'clock at our beautiful parish on Greater Mac. Very large. I think our church holds about 1,200 people, so let's pack the place. This is going to be awesome. And then where are you after uh, St. Joan? We'll be at St. Thomas of Beckett in Canton on Friday, March 1st. Okay, so you're going east side, west side, all around the town. And then we're going north. We're going to Port Sanilac after that on March 3rd. Okay. And uh, we will be in Detroit in May at Most Holy Trinity, but that's TBD. And uh, our website has our schedule. 
Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see you. I have a little gift I'm going to give you related to your presentation. It's a new book project that I did with Kelly Walquist from Women in Evangelization and Dr. Oh. Mary Healy. So I'll give oh you a copy gosh. of it Monday How night. Wonderful. So I think you'll enjoy it. It ties exactly into what you're doing. Catherine, can't wait to see you. And again, Monday, 7 o'clock, St. Joan of Arc in St. Clair Shores on Greater Mac. Catherine's artist at his feet. That will be the presentation. She's the founder and artistic director of Magic Carpet Theater. What's your website, hon, before we let you go? I'm sorry. Your website. Oh, yes. mctdramaministry.org. Okay. mctdramaministry.org. We'll be right back. Thanks, Catherine. When I heard other business owners say they finally found someone in the credit card industry they can trust, I wondered how he could help me. So when Mark from Schistler CPC offered to show me where all the money goes for credit card processing with a free analysis of my business, I jumped on it. He reviewed how the industry works, where we could save, and offered a no-contract guarantee on savings and excellent customer service. I'm saving thousands of dollars a year. Schistler CPC. Trust in them. More information available on the Ave Maria website under Sponsor Business Directory. Food for the Journey, Sister Ann Shield. You know, we would avoid a lot of difficult arguments just spouting off at the mouth, as we sometimes say. Just ask the Lord, give me the words to say. Maybe I'm rightfully angry, but if I just shout and yell and scream, what good is that going to be? Brothers and sisters, God can give us much more control over our anger, over our fear, over our language. And so whenever you're in a tight spot, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, what would you have me do here? God is good. I don't mean he's going to say words that will come down from heaven. But if you pause just for a moment, you'll get hold of yourself and you may well get a thought that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's just quiet, but it's enough to bring down the steam. And then you think what is really right to say here. You might be justifiably angry. How do we respect the other person while we're correcting them? Please, brothers and sisters, let us open our hearts to God in those moments. Sister Ann Shields gives you food for the journey. Weekday mornings at 645 and again at 1130 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Hope to see you Monday night at St. Joan of Arc, but before then, hope to see you on the radio. Coming up, Doug Keck after the news at 15 minutes past 9 o'clock hour. Fact Check Friday and a beautiful new center south of Rome, all about science and technology, Catholic-wise. We'll tell you all about it coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.